podcast right here on tunesshow.blogspot.com. My name is Brian. I will be one half of a hosting duo here on the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast with me, my co-host. This is actually our first episode, Patrick, of the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast. You are my son. You are Patrick. How are you? I'm great. Excellent. And we kind of had a little flub up because daddy's still learning how to run this whole thing, huh? Yep. Yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy when you think about it. Um, for those of you who do listen to tunes, you've heard me explain it numerous times. Um, going from Blog Talk Radio to Mixler has been an adventure. Uh, however, Patrick and I uh, are here bringing you a father-son combo, a bonding experience, if you will. And, and Patrick... We're going to introduce ourselves to the new potential listening, uh, or listeners, the new audience, if you will, uh, since I'm so distracted trying to figure this thing out. Um, so why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and, and then we'll go from there. I'm Patrick Blystone. I am going into fourth grade this year. And I like to play video games, so Dad pulled me into doing old video games to make this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be, um, like I said, a bonding experience between the two of us. And uh, as I was saying before, when I messed stuff up, um, really, some of the younger generations are maybe a little bit spoiled when it comes to video games. Uh, because, the let's face it, like the current generation games are just so advanced. Um, we're... Back in the day, they were kind of simpler, yet just as fun. And so I, I thought it'd be a good idea for you and I to bond not only by doing a podcast, but also by playing some of these older games that I had maybe when I was a kid, or even in some instances, games that I just never got the chance to play when I was younger um, on those systems. Um, and and this first game we're going to talk about you've played when you were younger and we're going to get to that later exactly exactly and i played it with uncle chris and um and my friend randy and, and guys that you've actually got, got the chance to to hang out with we all played it and it was a good time um, i think i explained it to you we actually went to a retro a retro gaming store last week um and found this game that we that i've had you play all week basically trying to get used to it accustomed to it kind of um, enjoy it and things like that. Yep. Um, but what we're going to do, uh, whenever we actually, you know, get into this, um, we kind of are going to have a, a format to the show that we'll have each week, um, to where we kind of go over some of the actual current video game news. And then, as you said, later on in the show, we'll actually do a little bit of a, a retro game review to where 
we get your thoughts on the game that we played this week. The game of the week. The game of the week. <laughs> exactly. Now, you've mainly, like, to this point, you have played some older games. Um, and not to spoil anything, but what's maybe one of the favorite older games that you've played on one of the older systems? Um, because we do have a Sega Genesis and the PlayStation 1 and, and all that. Uh, but what would you say has been your favorite experience of the game thus far in the games that we've played? Other than the game of the week, I'd say Final Fantasy. The Final Fantasy Seven. The Final Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. It's a good game. It's got a good story. You've not really gotten that far into that game. Uh, but that is a game I I definitely, as a dad, as a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, I really want you to play that one to the end. Um, simply because it's, it's one of the more rewarding experiences that I had uh, as, as a youngster. Uh, it was a really good game. I love it to this day, even sitting there playing it. Uh, I just don't get enough time maybe sometimes to play it. Um, Final Fantasy VII is just one of the one of the best games ever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I've probably only gotten halfway through it. Yeah, I, I don't even think you've gotten that far, bud, because you can get up to, like, level 99. Um, and and it's it's crazy. It's just uh, three discs long. It's it's one of the best games ever. And believe me, whenever you get closer to finishing that, I definitely want to revisit that here with the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast. Um, if you would like to participate, by the way, listeners, in the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast in any way, shape, or form, uh, you can find inform- all the contact information at Show dot blogspot.com that is the tunes website uh you can also find this show on twitter uh, which i will be running that account uh patrick you're not allowed to be on twitter or facebook just so you know yeah i know but uh, you can find us on twitter at waka waka that's w-a-k-a then w-a-k-a again podcast at waka waka podcast on the twitter um, so we're going to be there, and I'm going to be paying attention to it. Um, all that information can be found on my personal Twitter, which is at ToonsBrian, um, and again, on our website at uh, Uh We are keeping this kind of PG because, Patrick, you are nine years old. Yeah. And shouldn't be this kind of um, exposed to all that bad language although i'm sure you're already hearing it at nine years old even uh, it seems like kids are growing up so fast um but either way let's get into the news of the week shall we yes we shall absolutely all right and on the first item for the news of the week Patrick, I don't know how much you know about what's going on, um, because we don't really get on the internet for anything besides doing crazy math stuff um, at your age. But Microsoft is refusing to state how long Tomb Raider, uh, the Xbox exclusive deal lasts, which they announced last week at GamesCon. Um, 
Tomb Raider is kind of an adventure game. I believe you've seen one of the movies, am I right? Not all of it. Yeah. Well, according yeah. according to geek.com, um they're saying that Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is coming out in 2014, um actually signed an exclusive deal with Microsoft. Uh, Crystal Dynamics who is producing that and Square Enix as well. Um kind of riled a lot of gamers in that they announced that Microsoft had an exclusivity deal uh, which has more to do with the release date of that video game uh, which is slated to come out and they said that it has a duration but they did not say how long of a duration uh, it's kind of frustrating for gamers I guess you could say because Patrick I don't know if it would be kind of uh, what it would be akin for you but maybe if somebody like your parents told you that maybe we were going to watch a really awesome movie, but your sister was going to get to watch it first, and then we would figure out when you're going to get to watch it. And yeah. I guess that would be kind of what they would feel like, right? Yeah, that'd be kind of mean. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Like, companies um, basically pay money to other companies is essentially what's happening here. I'm sure Microsoft is paying uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix to allow them to release the version on the Xbox One and the Xbox 360, I believe, uh, before Sony gets a chance to do it. Uh, do you think that that's fair to gamers? Or do you think that maybe this is really just an unfair deal that's, that's not taking gamers into consideration? It's. It, I think it's more of an unfair deal to where they're not taking gamers into consideration. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about the money. Just thinking about the money. Well, the thing is, it's kind of weird to me because Microsoft is paying for that. I guess I would ask you, if you were to spend your money on a video game, or a video game system, rather, let's just assume that you're going to buy a video game system, um, would the availability of a game early make a difference to you in which which system that you buy? And if you're talking like two weeks or a month, or is there a limit of time? Like right now, Microsoft has your favorite game, Minecraft, um, and it's not out for the, the Sony yet, or it's just been released rather. Um, would that have made a difference to you, the availability of a specific game? Not um, not really. No? The, on the only way that it would matter to me mm -hmm. is if it's, like, really far in the future okay. to where it's really hard to get those anymore. Mm -hmm. Then I that would give me an extra reason that I would want to buy it. So if I bought two, I could sell one for a lot because it'd be worth more money. That's true. That's true. Well, either way... Uh, they ruffled some feathers. We'll keep an eye on that. Find out exactly uh, how long that deal is whenever that news breaks. And we'll keep you updated here on the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast. Uh, moving on to story number two. Uh, this one kind of amused me. And, and Patrick, I kind of like the subject of economics. Um, which, when people think economics, they think money, right? Yep. Well, apparently there's a fusion between gaming and economics now um, as Diablo 3 
actually opened a real money auction house in their format. And apparently, one player of Diablo 3 really looked at this real money auction house as an economic venture, which is genius. Instead of just going out and selling things like gold, which then could be used to buy other things, um, he started collecting items. He realized what the market was, the items that people wanted, and then sold those off, auctioned those off. Now, it'd be one thing to make, you know, $20, $30, like the example that I told you earlier when I was explaining the story to you, Patrick. Yeah. How would you feel if... I told you this person made $130,000 doing this. God. I know, right? That's a lot of money. You could buy you could buy a house. Literally, that's less or that's more money than what our house that we live in cost. So, if you had a way to make money like that, you would do it, right? Yeah. Just by playing a video game, you're making that much money by auctioning off items? $130,000. I actually think it's pretty much more as if it'd be a website than a video game. Because they're the different auctioning websites that some mm -hmm. people auction off things. Except this, you, can, you are the one who can auction off the stuff and buy. Not just auction them off. Yeah. It is kind of like eBay, in a way, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Because you play the video games, and you find all kinds of different things. Um, I play a game called Skyrim, um, mm -hmm. which you know. But let's look back, since you have played Final Fantasy VII. Okay, let's look back at that and say, if you could find like the lightning materia that they used to cast a lightning spell and sell it for real money. Um, just how much is too much? Too like, much for materia, depending on how rare it is. Mm -hmm. If it ha if it's really rare, too much would probably be like about $100, <laughs> $100. at most. Well, what I'm talking about, not so much that specific item, but I guess I phrased the, the question incorrectly, and that's something that I'll have to learn as we do more of these. Um, but how much reach, I guess, into the real world is too much whenever it comes to video game developers and setting something like this up, I guess is the question that I want. I mean, do they really want to get into that thing where people are making basically livings off of, off of their video game? I don't think it's right to make money off of video games, really. Okay, so you don't think they should be allowed to do this at all? The, they should. It's just I don't think that it's really fair to somebody. Like, maybe somebody will have not that much money while they're playing it, mm -hmm. and then they're... And then there'll be like, and then everybody is selling things for like, I don't know, $50 when they can only spend like 45 at most. Yeah. To keep their house. Yeah. I understand that. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of 
I'm torn on it because on one hand, buddy, um, I think that it's kind of a neat idea because you can sell this stuff. On the other hand, realizing that there are even potentially kids, because like the neighbors that you play with all the time, they have Xbox Live and stuff like that, and there's nothing saying that they can't go and spend all kinds of money um, on these things, and it's, it's kind of one of those things, I don't know, you'd have to have some sort of rules in place to actually avoid abuse of the system, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's the way I would think, too. I mean, we keep you pretty under kind of a tight thumb when it comes to being able to spend money and things like that. Because if there was, like, a rich person who would play, they'd just buy everything and make everybody poor. Yeah, that's pretty true. Much. It's true. <laughs> and, I mean, that's one of the things that people are taking advantage of it, and it's the smart people that do it. Um, but either way, um, it's kind of neat. Um, in one way, it's a bad thing. In another way, uh, it, it's bad in that, yeah, abuse could happen. Uh, there's a lot of stories which you're not aware of because we haven't really talked about it to where people become obsessed with games um, where in this instance you'll not only become like not you but people might not only become obsessed with the game but also end up going broke in the process uh, which would be really uh, it comes down to an ethics and a kind of a question of ethics, business ethics, but at the same time, if they're just hosting it, they kind of get to remove themselves from the equation and leave it up to everybody else. Um, free markets rule, essentially. People are only going to pay what they think that it's worth, uh, which is one thing that we've tried to, to show you guys, um, is, you know, you, you're going to pay whatever you think it's worth. And But to make $130,000... I'm thinking about buying Diablo 3 now. We could pay off our house. That'd be if awesome. If we manage the money good enough. Yeah, exactly. You have to play it smart. Moving on to item number three on our news list here. Um, Sony has said not to expect many more uh, PlayStation 4 remastered games. Um, basically, they've been taking PlayStation 3 games, uh, which were released recently, remastering them, which means basically they, they re-update them to, to the new graphics system, new engine, um, to make them play better on a PlayStation 4 and releasing them. Uh, they've got a lot of best-selling games that they've done this for so far. Um... But there's been kind of a concern, and I, I told you a little bit about it earlier, uh, before the show. Now, essentially what you've got is the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One are basically new systems, right? Yeah. And what they're doing is they're taking games from the old system, simply updating them on the new system, but they're doing it with best sellers, which means a lot of people already own those for the old system. Uh, whether it's the graphics or controls or whatever, coming out with a remastered system is really kind of easy. But is are you going to be motivated to buy the new system or the new version of the game simply because they gave it a, a brief visual or control overhaul? Is that something that you, as a video game player, 
uh, would you be interested at all in buying the same game? Uh, the example that I gave you earlier, if they were to release um, Lego Star Wars, uh, whichever one that it is that you played on the Xbox 360, if they were to simply re-release it uh, for an Xbox One, would you say that's a reason to buy an Xbox One now? No. No. Absolutely not. Well, do you have any other um, thoughts on this? Not really. But if they updated it and put it on another one, the only way I would buy it is if I sold the one that I had and mm. then I would buy it so I don't waste money. Yeah. And, and I would imagine you wouldn't even want to do that unless you hadn't beaten the game yet. But there has to be more to, more motivation to buy a new system than just playing rehashed games from a previous system. And I think that's what they're kind of getting into because uh, Jim Ryan, who is one of the heads at uh, PlayStation Europe, he said he thinks that the balance is just about right, but there are other games that need to be looked at um, for this process. But there will come a point where next gen will have will have moved on, and rehashing old gen will have passed its sell by date, um, is what he said. Um, I I don't know how much of this has to do with getting as much potential content on the new systems as possible. Um, but honestly, I'm kind of tired of it already. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to just rehash a new for a new system, an old game that isn't even that old. Um, I'm not liking that idea at all. Um, however, I can't understand why they had done it. I'm sure they made a decent amount of money off of it for a little bit of effort. Uh, but moving on to our fourth and final news item of the day. Patrick, when we did our little pilot episode of Toons Jr., uh, you said that one of the things that you would do if you were to create a video game, the first thing you would focus on is the length of the game, because you would want the game to go on for as long as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last forever if it could. Yeah. And and No Man's Sky, which is coming out in 2015, uh, for the PlayStation 4, I believe, and I believe also the PC, um, it's a game from Hello Games. Uh, they're the developer and they actually released in an interview with IGN um, a figure concerning how long it would actually take to discover every possible planet in this game No Man's Sky Patrick if you were to visit every planet that's going to be in No Man's Sky for a single second it would take you nearly 5 billion years uh, would that be enough to satisfy your every every dream? Or is this a little bit too much? A little bit too much. <laughs> I would die trying to take a look at it all. Yeah, and, and that becomes another one of those things that seems like the perfect storm because you got people that become obsessed with games. I, and there have been people that have died because of their obsession with a game. Um, just so you know, youngster. Yeah. Um, this would actually probably um, really push that envelope. Um, 
very, I, I love the math behind it. Uh, it's because instead of a 32-bit number that they were looking at to design these things in their algorithm, uh, they used a 64-bit number, which allows for just an amazing, it's, it's an amazing difference between the two. Um, I mean, you're not actually doubling the amount of memory that the that is required basically for for this it's you know this is 32 times 2 um I, 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 to explain it the, the numbers are escaping me um but let me just say it's a massive difference between a 32-bit system and a 64-bit system um just amazing it's it, you're talking literally billions of bits of information that are actually um, contained in this um, this game is slated to come out in 2015 um, it's what's called an open world game do you know what an open world game is like is it like it's basically place to where you can go to the different planets yeah in whatever order you want and it's basically like the real world where you know you, we can tell you to walk to this store which we wouldn't do but we can tell you to walk to the store but you get the option of taking whatever out you want to get do to get there um so that's based that's what an open world game is um so this is just a massive project coming from hello games um it'll be interesting to see if it actually works out and how it's affected um, but unfortunately, uh, you can never know until it's released. And anytime that we hear something in the gaming industry that sounds like it's a, a really, a really big project, certain things change and, and end up limiting that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that game uh, progresses and, and unfolds um, as we get closer to it. So those are the news. That's the news for the week. What do you think of that? Some crazy. That was fast. Some crazy stories. A lot of a lot of math and stuff like that. And now time for game of the week. And now it's gonna be time for the game of the week. And what I'm gonna do? I'm going to uh, play the uh, theme for the game of the week here as soon as I get it up and running. Um. But why don't we just tell people while I look for it <laughs> uh, what the game is. Give us the title, Patrick. It's Wimbledon Championship Tennis on the Sega Genesis. It was released in 1993, developed by Sims. Rated 70th from the bottom on GameFacts.com. Genesis user ratings. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's actually pretty low. Um, whenever it's um, 70th from the bottom, there were literally hundreds. I don't know the exact number, um, but hundreds of games released on the Genesis. And, and that was actually rated 70th from the bottom. Uh, now, playing it, would you ever get that impression just from playing it briefly? No. I think it'd be one of the top 100. Oh, really? In the top 100? Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, especially considering the limited number of Genesis games that you've played. <laughs> um, Only three. Yeah. And, and let's see, like, because we fired it up the first time that you played it. 
Um, one of the things that you notice, there's two different game modes, right? Yeah. It's exhibition and tournament. Yes. Um, one of the fun things that I, I really wanted you to see, like, and you have seen in some of the other games that we actually played, is back then it wasn't simply go to the menu and save the game, and then you got to come back to it later. Uh, but this has a different type of save system. It has a password that you, and it's nine digits, all yeah. numbers. Yes, you kind of almost have to keep a tablet around whenever you're playing it just to save it and and come back to it at a later time, right? Yep. And that's exactly what we did when we were younger. We had like a tablet nearby that when you were doing a tournament, whether you were playing hockey or whatever, uh, football, all those games back then had a password system to where you had to do either nine digits or... In some cases, I remember 16-digit passwords, some longer. And sometimes it took, like, a minute or two to actually put those passcodes in. So uh, this is actually lucky because it's got the nine-digit codes, but they're all numbers as well. So a lot of times you would have it to where it was, you know, the 16 digits, but it was also alphanumeric, which means that they had letters in there as well that could be... Um, really kind of interesting and fun now this game here we actually played I played a lot when I was younger uh, with Uncle Chris um, whenever we first played it you saw that there were a lot of characters different levels you end up with what 12 men 12 men 12 women 10 levels and 3 courts yes. with singles and doubles and then Daddy did the math earlier, right? I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was doing the math to figure out just how many combinations of uh, of games that you can play. How many with the different calculator. matches? Yeah, with the calculator, I had it out. And as it turns out, you could pay, play potentially nine billion nine hundred fifty-five million eight thousand different matches when you count male, female, all the different levels and courts and singles and doubles and all that almost 10 billion different combinations uh, because you could actually in theory play the same person the same level for each of the the players unlike a singles or a doubles match like you could have four of the exact same player exact same level um so that's a lot of different combinations um just insane but let's just look at the at the game itself uh, what are some of the things that you like and don't like about Wimbledon Championship Tennis from a 1 to 5 rating for the graphics mm -hmm. I wrote about a 3 because it wasn't perfect but there wasn't no there wasn't no it was there wasn't no fuss it wasn't too bad with the fuzz. Mm -hmm. Now you're um, just looking at sort of the the Genesis. Are you comparing that to the Genesis graphics, or are you, or are you comparing it to like things like the Xbox 360 as well? The Genesis. Just solely on the we, Genesis. Because we only have the Genesis mm -hmm. version, so I can only look at that. Okay, and you're doing this um, before we jump into your ratings, uh, so the people know. Uh, you're doing this on a, a rating of five, right? Yeah. Okay, and we came up with uh, 
because I didn't expect you to actually jump into your ratings. <laughs> so it caught me off guard. Um, basically what Patrick and I did, we sat down and we kind of figured out some of the things that are important in games. Um, and the five different things that we came up with, um, why don't you say the five th different things that we came up with, Patrick? Graphics from one to five were three. Characters from one to five were four. The there was no way to, there was no story. Okay. And from one to five with the controls we did four, and the fun factor one to five, we did four. Yes. Yeah, and so... the overall rating is 3.75. Yes, yeah, so three and three quarters out of five. So basically what we did was we took each of those those ratings and, and you rated them. And what I actually wanted you to do, um, which is fine because this is episode one. Uh, basically the graphics, we looked at how it looked, right? And all the different animations and did everything work smoothly, right? Yeah. Then you had the characters, which would be the number of people that you could be or the design of the characters in this in the thing the athletes the tennis players in this instance yes um, the story which will generally be what is the story like is it something that's interesting um things like that character or not character development but the general story behind the game sports stories are kind of hard because it's a sport it's either the sport or it's not so you can't really rate that um the controls is how the game handles. Does it do what it's supposed to do whenever you press the buttons that you're trying to push and things like that, right? Yeah. And then the fun factor, which is how fun is it? Just how fun is it to play, right? It's four out of five, but if you have some a friend with you to play, uh -huh. it's even better than that. Oh, okay. So you actually do really like this, and point being that you actually beat me yesterday mm. in a one-on-one -on -one game yep by the way update on that you're grounded <laughs> so. No. <laughs> so how do you like that so overall basically what we did the overall the overall waka waka rating is we took and we averaged all the scores that were given and things like story that were really not applicable in this instance we just forgot right we forgot about it Yep. So, so we just said well, that's not going to count and we took the 3, the 4, the 4 and the 4 that you did rate it for graphics, characters, controls and fun factor and added those together and divided by 4 and that's where you came up with your 3.75 rating so let's talk about uh, the replayability moving on in the future um, are you likely to come to back to this game like if if you have the choice of a video game in this house to play right now, um, any any game in the house, how likely are you to come back to Wimbledon Champion Championship Tennis? Well, if we're on this show, if we have an, if I end up playing like NHL 14 or a game like that, mm -hmm. I might think of sports, which will make me think of that game so I might go down and play Wendell Wimbledon Championship Tennis. Okay. Alright. Excellent. So does it get a two thumbs up from you? Or a single thumb up? I mean three point seven five that's a pretty decent rating, right? Yep. Three point seven five. Yeah. Alright, excellent. 
Well, was there anything else that you'd like to say before we hang it up for the day on this, our debut episode of the Waka Waka Gaming Podcast? Goodbye. Oh, that's it? Yep. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, again, if you would like to contact the show, and this is our debut episode, we'll figure it all out. Uh, you can find us at tunesshow.blogspot.com uh, on the internet. Um, also, we will be on iTunes, and I will actually update the Tunes Show uh, website when that actually comes to be. Um, and also at the Waka Waka podcast, or I'm sorry, at Waka Waka podcast on Twitter. Uh, you'll be all able to find us as well. So, those are your options for right now. That might improve in the future. However, that's what we got right now. And my name's Brian. He's Patrick. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Thank you.